We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. My name is Jimi Hendrix, and I'm joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Bob Dylan and the Pope. How are you guys today? I'm doing all right. You know, I have a busy schedule, but when Matt called me and said that he needed me to fill in on Stay Hot, I had to show up. It's a no-brainer. Well, that might be the real Pope, but it's still me, Theo. We're just in Halloween costumes, or at least I am. The Pope actually did have to show up for Matt, but I'm still Theo, and I'm having a good time. I'm watching the Packers, unexpectedly for me, put up a 10-point lead on the Arizona Cardinals. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised because the Cardinals don't have a playbook. You did take their playbook. (laughs) Theo stole the playbook. I did steal the playbook. I was rummaging around um, the offices in Glendale, and there it was, just kind of lying there out for anyone to take. So I took that. Um, I also poured some water on the electrical grid, and uh, we've got the lights flickering in and out, and we've got the Cardinals offense only putting up 14 points on the depleted Packers defense. So I would say that uh, it's worked out pretty well. For context, Theo made a joke video. Oh, it was no joke. He made a video <laughs> wasn't a joke. Um, where he allegedly <laughs> stole the Cardinals playbook and was at the stadium and whatnot, but it got taken down because TikTok hates fun. I shouldn't have said devious lick. I shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I typed in hashtag. I was going to put in a, in a hashtag, hashtag. And when that hashtag wasn't there, it was wiped from the face of the, the planet. Um, that should have been my red flag that I shouldn't have it yeah. anywhere in the video, yeah. but I did have it in the text, and I think that's what got me. And Devious Licks, I'm not, none of us are in high school anymore. We're all in college. But, yeah, I went back home for fall break, and my sister was telling me about how those have impacted her high school, my old high school. Apparently, no like, they're offering rewards if you catch vandals, and someone, like, stole the fire extinguisher and, like, let it loose in the auditorium. American high schools are just chaos right now. People are actually doing Devious Licks? This is a real thing. Yeah. All over the states, man. It's it's a crazy time to be alive. As always, make sure you leave a like, subscribe if you're new, leave a review. All those great things help grow this podcast on all platforms. And if you haven't yet, make sure you follow at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok for some awesome content there as well. Just so we're clear, our first Ed Sheeran hat giveaway is already happening. And it, it it's for... Uh, I'm going to butcher this last name. I'm sorry, Ben. But it's Ben Derubertis. Derubertis? I don't, I don't, I definitely butchered that. I'm so sorry. I can't help you. Derubertis. That's how you pronounce it. Um, But he commented saying an Ed Sheeran hat would make watching Geno Smith for the next few weeks hurt just a little bit less. So if you want to be like Ben, make sure you subscribe to Stay Hot on YouTube and we'll be picking more winners in the coming days. So everyone can tell we're dressed up as Halloween costumes. Uh, So I'm curious as to what your inspirations were for these awesome costumes. Well, you know, Blade and I thought uh, I had this harmonica 
and I was looking at it, and I was like, well, I can't really play harmonica much anymore because I have roommates. So what am I going to do with this harmonica? And Bob Dylan uh, costume uh, came to mind. Very, very clever. I'm not much of a costume guy. And I was, you know, I had to get one for the podcast. I wasn't going to be a jerk and not get one. And somebody was like, what about the Pope? And I, I thought that was a, that was an acceptable idea. So I went out to a couple stores and found one. <laughs> you went now, out to stores. Well, you didn't order it from Amazon. Well, I, I only did this a couple days ago and all of them were not going to get here in time for the podcast. Cause I have okay. to have it Thursday. So, Fair. um, yeah, technically my entire costume isn't even here yet. I'm missing a scarf. Um, uh, very tough. Very sad for you. It, it, it literally, literally, I'm like crying. In the I'm having right a hard now. time with this one. I can't walk through doors. I'm already, you know, I don't have that much clearance regardless. So every single door, we're just, you know, yeah, you're like, you're like, Seven three with that. Yeah. Hat. Dude belongs in the league. Like, get this man a contract. Block shots with your hat. But we have tons of t- we have tons of stuff to talk about today as week eight begins. Obviously, Theo is uh, watching his Packers win despite locking the Cardinals. Which, I mean, I guess it's fair. Either you're right or you're happy. And this is the best team in the league. So I, I guess I understand it. We're also going to be answering your guys' voicemails. We promised you guys on the Halloween episode that we would do kind of a, uh, a fearful voicemail episode. So things that you guys are scared of with your favorite team, we're going to either ease or affirm your fears. And then uh, we'll preview some NFL games, talk a little bit of NBA, and uh, maybe we'll touch on our fantasy football league if we have time. But before we get into all that good stuff, we have a new sponsor. And, and is it fair to say that it's life-changing? Well, it's not exactly rare for this sponsor to uh, be uh, sponsoring the all-male podcasts of the world. I've, I've seen them around a couple times, and uh, it's our turn. It's our turn. You know, Matt, how, is it fair to say that it's you know, maybe 4.0 times as better? Like, I'm not laughing at that, wise? buddy. <laughs> like, I'm, bro, I'm, help me out here. I'm, it's I'm literally it's giving... manscaped. We can just say it. We're doing it now, right? We're talking yeah. about this now. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about manscaped. Yeah, manscaped is our manscaped is our newest sponsor, and you know this is the Halloween episode. But do you know what's spookier than seeing Don't like a black this. cat on Halloween? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, let me. Hey, let me. Let me handle you want, this. Let do me, you want to? Do you want to take this for a know, ride, man? I've got to go. I've got to go Bob Dylan mode here, and you know I'm from the '60s as being Bob Dylan, and things were a lot harder then. But there's been a lot of improvements in modern technology, and you know when you have those improvements available to you, I think that you should just use them because it really is a lot easier. Speaking as Bob Dylan, uh, maybe I'll write a song about it someday, but. It is, they're good products over at uh, Manscaped. They're a lot easier than what we used to have, which was lighters and uh, knives. I think talking about Manscaped while dressed up as the Pope is maybe a little morally questionable. <laughs> it's a sin. You are going to hell if you say one more word. He but, said, uh, do not sin. say anything. I mean, everybody's got to be well-groomed. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Every, even the Pope. Even the Pope. Even me. The Pope. Um, but I, I, I've never cut my nose hair before. Never am I, I've never thought to do that, but you know, we got the, well, yeah, the product that cuts like, the nose hair. You're not like 70. Yeah. You know? So I, I used it and now I feel like I can finally breathe after years of not being able to get enough oxygen. So, um, I can't recommend it more. We'll have good vocal performance for this podcast. Great vocal performance. Um, maybe I, I need to use that. So my voice isn't so nasally as Bob Dylan. <laughs> You know, it, anyway, <laughs> let's talk some sports. It's been wait, like 10 wait, minutes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we going to just like talk about Manscaped and not like tell people that they can get 20% off if they use the promo code stay hot? Like, oh, did you not know that, Theo? <laughs> now I do. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. So uh, all you have to do is go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code stay hot. That's all one word. S-T-A-Y-H-O-T stay hot and uh you can get that 4.0 that 4.0 package you feel me but you know what is also a 4.0 performance right now the green bay packers they're balling i'm telling you man i locked the cardinals in our stay hot locks and you can never go wrong 
locking against your favorite team because either A, you are right, or B, you are you don't care that you're wrong and you're happy because the Packers beat a 6-0 Cardinals team. And it hasn't happened yet. The Cardinals are driving down 10. But it, it is amazing that the Packers are even in this at all. And I got, got to give a lot of credit to A.J. Dillon because he has run hard. And he always runs hard, but he never gets a ton of opportunity. Tonight he is, and he's really taking advantage of it. That guy is a tank right now. Yeah, I was definitely – I told someone on Twitter, I was like, you know, you should uh, – they were like, should I start James Robinson or Aaron Jones? And I was like, don't trust me because I'm 2-5 and five in fantasy, but start James Robinson. <laughs> And <laughs> not trust Bladen with running back advice. <laughs> Do not trust me with running back advice. But, you know, before we get any further, I think it's time that we give the people what they've asked for, which is for us to ease or affirm their fears for their favorite football teams or basketball teams. I don't I haven't heard these voicemails yet, so I don't know if they're all football, some football, some basketball. They could be all basketball. And then I will be silent for what is it, seven voicemails. Hey, this is John from Pittsburgh. I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, my greatest fear, and I, I don't think I really believe this, but my greatest fear is that uh, the haters are right and Bill Belichick is nothing without Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to suck and have to fire him in the next couple of years. Um, please, please talk me off the ledge here. I think it is much more likely that Bill Belichick just leaves. Well, I think that Bill Belichick, I don't even know if he can be fired because he's not really attached to any kind of contract. If you look up Bill Belichick contract details, you're not going to find anything because he's just kind of earned a lifetime deal at this point where I think the agreement is. Guys like him and Nick Saban, you can't just fire them. That's not how that works. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you can't. I, I don't know if he'll get like fired, but he might like behind closed doors be asked very firmly to leave. But I don't really know because to say that he was he's like nothing without Brady is is bad because he has eight rings, you know, like two as a defensive coordinator leading like some of the greatest defenses of the era with the Giants, and then he became the head coach of the Patriots, and you know won six more rings there. So it's like when a guy has eight rings and everywhere he goes kind of breeds success is uh, he's probably not a fluke. And as a defensive head coach, you know, you've got to credit the Patriots defensive performances to Bill Belichick a lot of the years. And they had a top 10 scoring defense year after year after year with Brady. So he's definitely not a fluke, but in Brady's absence, you know, you need to be more than just a good defensive coach and the offense since he's, since Brady has left, have been have left a little bit, bit to be desired for sure. I think uh, I think any coach ever would need elite quarterback play to go win six Super Bowls. Maybe not Brady in particular, but yeah, if you lose, you know your franchise elite quarterback, your team's going to be worse. Brady, right now, I mean, and I know it seems like Brady left, and then the team's amazing, but he went to an amazing team. He went to a team with a lot of talent. Uh, Belichick doesn't really have that luxury of just leaving and going to a way better team. I mean, he could, but he hasn't. So I, I don't really buy into that. Obviously, Brady didn't do it alone. Brady wasn't the only reason why the Patriots won their Super Bowls, and they consistently had good defenses. Yes, but to expect, I will say, to expect Belichick to be able to carry the Patriots to another Super Bowl again is a lot to ask, just because he's one of the greatest head coaches of all time. I mean, he is 70 uh, I do think the offensive play calling does leave a little bit to be desired, um, but I think that falls a little bit more on Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I was about but to say, McDaniel probably has a lot more to say on the offensive side than Belichick does. And I think I think Belichick as a general manager has left a lot to be desired more than a coach because he has missed a lot on some big free agent signings recently and uh, some first-round draft picks. So I think that to say that he is a fluke is a bad take. But I do think you should be concerned that he doesn't win another ring without Brady. But even if he had Brady, winning another ring with that roster would be a, a little bit questionable. It would but be a tall task. But I it would be a tall task. To to I don't know if I'm going to say I'm going to affirm. Bel- Belichick won't be there for like ten years if that's what you're asking. 
Right, he's like right. 900 years old. He's going to leave eventually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like at some point he's tired, right? And he's just going to go, right? And whether that be in a couple of years, like he just spent the most money he's ever spent in his entire career in a free agent, like in a single free agency spree, right? You don't do that. That's 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 very like end of the line, end game type stuff. It is kind of an end game type move. So he might leave soon. I'm not. I'm actually. I'll, but I'll, that was my take from a while ago. I think I was on the podcast in an early episode of the Stay Hot podcast talking about how I think Belichick was kind of lining things up for one. More yeah, I kind of. I mean, okay. Well, the flip side to that is you don't draft a rookie quarterback unless you want to stick there a couple more years. I guess I'd say that he probably doesn't have another quarterback in him. Mac Jones either works out and he keeps going, or if Mac Jones doesn't work out, that's probably it. That's fair. I would say that's probably a good take. Yes. So I know that's probably not the most straightforward answer, but that's that's all we've got. So let's move on to the second voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Reed from Orlando, and I'm a Steelers fan. What I'm really scared of is the Steelers just pulling an old doopsie-doop and not fixing the quarterback situation next year. We got Captain Fatfuck, a.k.a. Big Ben, playing right now. And I'm just scared that once he retires, they're just going to roll the dice with Rudolph, who we've already seen is just bad. So that's the biggest fear that I have is the Steelers rolling with that defense and terrible offensive line without a good quarterback to help carry them over the edge. Thanks, guys. Well, the scariest thing has already happened, and that was Big Ben not retiring last yeah. year that, and returning for you're another already year. Nightmare, buddy. So you're already you're already living the worst. This, case yeah, this is a, it. Can't get much worse than this for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's not going to be totally fair. Like the fact that they're like still competitive is like pretty impressive. Like if they this always, is worst they're case always scenario, not that bad. Even when they're bad, like, if they're this never is worst that bad. case scenario, you're fine. Right, and I don't think it can get much worse than this. We'll see. I think Tomlin had a very interesting quote recently where he talked about how the next quarterback he has, he wants him to be mobile. He had a quote recently where he was like, I look at how a running quarterback can stress a defense. So after the season, they will go after a quarterback who is more mobile. You it just would be my heard it here confirmed the Steelers are drafting Malik Willis. Yeah, so they – and Roethlisberger's contract, I believe, is up. You can't imagine they so, run it back again with him. No, God no. There's, God no. Everyone will, would be They fired. will move on from Roethlisberger. They will move on from Roethlisberger. Now, where is their draft pick going to be? Is it going to be in the range to get a really good young quarterback in this draft class? Maybe not. So that is, I guess, the big fear for the Steelers is – they get their quarterback and he's not any better because they ended up as like a nine and eight playoff. You know team. who this sounds like the perfect situation for a team who can't draft a quarterback or if they have to draft one is more developmental and a team that wants a mobile quarterback. Are you trying to unload Sam Darnold on that? No, I was talking about Cam Newton, but. Oh, <laughs> yes. It yes. actually might make some sense if they are picking, um, Middle middle of uh, the pack, which is probably what I would expect right now. I think there's some quarterbacks who will fall, um, but I, I would expect a bridge next year, unless maybe they could trade up. Yeah, or Mariota. Mariota is a good, would That's, be a yeah. good bridge. Mariota does make a lot of sense. I could totally see him doing that. They could always just yeah. roll with Haskins. <laughs> they should not do that. <laughs> Haskins is not very good. <laughs> they should. No, Haskins is horrible. But yeah, no, I this you have de- you have every right to be afraid of what the Steelers will do. But I think that that organization is smart enough to at least make the right decisions. So, but let's move on to the third voicemail. Hey guys, what's up? Big fan of what you guys do. My name is Anthony and I'm from Canada. Um, My biggest fear, so first of all, I'm a Giants fan. My biggest fear is that the Giants pay Saquon Barkley and make him the highest paid running back in the NFL. It's been proven time and time again that paying a running back never works unless you're Derrick Henry. And, yeah, that's just my biggest fear. Big fan, guys. Thank you. So the strategy for avoiding that is got to get Dave Gettleman out of there. Get him out of there before it's too late because he'll do it. I know he wants to. But I think <laughs> even... like $20 million a year. Yeah, I think even for a front office that you don't trust, Saquon's just too injury-prone. Um 
for them to pull the trigger on it. I know he's good, but it, it's it would be tough uh, tough for any team to justify. Yeah, I wonder if he would even demand that much. Like, I wonder if he would stay on in New York on like an Aaron Jones type deal because of all the injuries that he's suffered over the past couple of years. Like, is there really going to be that high of a demand for him when the Christian McCaffrey deal uh, just happened and now he's been out like, like what? 18 of their last 20 something games or whatever it is like, I wonder if the demand for him would be as high as people might expect it to be. I, I feel like there's a chance they re-sign him, but making him the highest paid running back is, is definitely something that, you know, NFL teams aren't complete idiots. I, I, I do wonder if, if he would come back on, if he would demand more of an Aaron Jones type of deal than, uh, than a Christian McCaffrey type. Of I deal. think that, I think that his, career path screams one year prove it deal to me yeah i think that'll happen if he if i were him i'd go to somewhere with a good offensive line for one year um rack up some numbers and then go sign a big contract after that yeah if i was him behind that offensive line on the metlife turf i would be like i don't know if this is where i want to have my <laughs> one year prove it deal uh, so he might not even want to come back so i wouldn't be too concerned about them giving him a monster contract just because I don't think he'll any team would at this point. He's yeah. just too injury prone. Yeah, it's definitely so too I risky, Matt. I agree. Nothing else needs to be said. Moving on to the next voicemail. I'm Blake from East Lansing, Michigan, and uh, he's a scary scenario for you guys. The Lions going 0-fucking-17. I need your guys' positive input on the future of the Detroit Lions. I need something to uh, take the pain away. I can't keep doing this, man, every week. I can't keep doing this. I need I need something. And, uh, <clears throat> Matt, I need you to say something nice about the Pistons, too, because I honestly can't take this anymore. Thanks, guys. Both those teams are winless right now. This is extremely tough. <laughs> Wait, the um, Pistons are winless, too? That's brutal. You know what? I, I'm feeling the Lions have decent odds against the Eagles. Maybe they get it this week. Yeah. They've got these odds. They'll I, I get one. They're my upset they're, They've been so close. They, they're they going to get one. That's what I'm saying. They have Philly this week. They have the Falcons down the line. They have the Bears in a couple of weeks. Have they like, played the Bears? Yeah, they, the, they lost to the Bears when they played them. Um, it's not the easiest schedule in the world. I'm going to be 100% no, no. honest. It, it's, it's, it's a tough schedule. Like going 0-17, not unreasonable. But like, come on, bro. Like, you can't They'll be you one. can't be the only team to go winless twice. <laughs> Going 0 and 17 is so hard. Last year's Jets were so bad and the whole year I was like they're going to get one even when they were like 0 and 10. You know man, um, I don't want to talk you know, about I don't want to talk about imagine. that. Um, it was difficult for me to imagine. It, well, they won one right before that. They won their first one was against the Rams and I actually said they'd win that game before. The, I don't know why I said that but I did. It's in conclusion, there's been a lot of bad teams in the history of the NFL. There's been a lot of 0-7 teams in the history of the NFL. There's not been a lot of 0-16 teams. I think Lions fans might be a little bit more scared of it because they've seen it happen before yeah. and it had never happened before. Trust me, I've seen it happen before too. It is possible, but not when there's such a big... I think the coaching staff is a plus. I think the offensive line is a plus. So, you know, they have an identity. Mm -hmm. They have aggression. They have... They, they've been in some games... They'll get at least one, and I would be willing to bet they win like end of the year with like two or three. And and here's the thing: like if Green Bay, if Green Bay clinches the division, like they might just rest their starters. The last week, yeah, that's season. true. Week week the, eighteen against uh, Green Bay is a very very nice yeah. game to have. Hopefully, they will be resting for that one. It's and the not Packers possible. with four minutes left in this game just stretched the lead to what is it thirty one two. 21. I'm going to give the Detroit Lions three wins. I think they'll win this week against the Eagles. I think they'll beat the Falcons the day after Christmas. And then on January 9th, they'll beat Green Bay. All right. I don't know about anything nice to say about the Pistons. I know that Cade Cunningham hasn't been playing. So that is probably the nicest thing you can say about them is there's Help is on the way. Help yeah. is on the way, as Shannon Harp Sharp would say. Outside of that, um, it's been rough. You didn't lose by double digits today, though, so take what you can get. And Sadiq Bey is nice. They've had a tough schedule, though, too. They played the Bulls twice in, like, a couple days. So, what are they, 0-4? Yeah. 
half what's, those games have been the, against a really good What is good the worst team. record in NBA history? Bobcats, Charlotte, yes. right? Seven and yes. 59. Seven. Well, wow. it was a shortened season. It was a shortened season. So, um, I saw, I just saw something on TikTok about that, that season from Charlotte and the wind differentials and like, oh, yeah, yeah, like from it was Dork a graph. Town, yeah. So it was like green above and like the losses were in red. And like, if they lost by 20, that was not an off night for them. Like, if they were losing by like 20, that was about average. Losing by like 40 or 50 started to be like, whoa, that was pretty bad. But like, <laughs> man, they were deep in the negatives every <laughs> yeah, single yeah, They was, weren't good. That's, that's brutal. They're not going to be that bad. The Pistons are not going to be that bad. And Cade Cunningham looked really good when we were at Summer League. He had a really good Summer League uh, performance. So uh, Help is on the way. It'll only get better. Help is on the way. It, it can, can only, only get, better. get better. Yeah, I mean, look, the Browns went, you know, 1-15, then it went 16, and now look where we are. So there's hope. I promise. Four and three. Someday the Lions could be at four and three. <laughs> I'll block you, Theo. Like, I will. I'll do it. <laughs> but moving on to the next voicemail. Hi, my name is uh, Joe from Texas. I'm a big Mavs fan, and I'm really terrified that this whole Luca jason Kidd mess might get really bad, and Luca might request a trade, because I don't see this working out well. I was talking about this today, and um, the way I put it is that the Mavs are in such a hole with the Porzingis contract that if he doesn't step up, it's hard for that team to put a better supporting cast around Luka compared to what they have now because they lost a bunch of picks from that and the contract's really bad and they're not really a free agent destination. So even if they had money, what would they do? So even in a perfect world, I don't know if there's a next move there to make the team significantly better and get them out of the first round. Um and then the other problem would be that they're not in a perfect world. The front office really isn't even that good. So if even the best front office, even if the best general manager would have a hard time digging them out of that hole, the Mavs make me a little worried. It might be tough. Yeah, and I was, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because I just remembered that there was a bunch of like sexual harassment happening in the Mavs organization that Mark Cuban had to answer for a couple years ago. And then I was just listening, like I mentioned, I think you're in the last podcast, I was listening to another podcast where um, I think his name was Vulgaris, the alleged shadow manager of the shadow GM of the Mavericks was like on talking about what happened there. And then so like that's two kind of big scandals that suggest the Mavs are like poorly run that have happened in the last couple of years or like the oversight is kind of all over the place. So those are two things there. And then you hire Jason Kidd, who had a book published pretty much about all the bad things that have happened under his watch in Milwaukee. Um, so it's definitely, and Mavs are kind of bad. They're kind of a bad team around Luka. So there's like definitely some reason to be concerned. However, it was kind of dysfunctional last year, it sounds like, with the Mavs. And Luka still decided to stay and sign a Supermax. So if he is going to get frustrated, like... It hasn't happened already, so I guess you can look at that and be like, okay, um, it might be he might eventually request a trade like years from now, but it's it'll be uh, probably a while down the line since he just signed that huge contract. I kind of think your fears are valid, though. I'll say that I, I'm I'm worried about it too. I, it, it's weird because with the Rockets Nets trade for Harden, those future picks are worth so much. Uh, because, you know, in 2027 or at some point, these guys, because they're really old and they're injury prone, you can bank on eventually the Nets will be bad and the Rockets will probably get a good pick. But the Mavericks picks don't have that value because they have Luka locked up long term. And with him on the roster, you pretty much know that you're not going to get a lottery pick. Um, so their their trade assets are rough right now. And they've got a negative contract that they can't get off of. And Luka is... Already, you know, we've heard some reports that he's not super happy, and I didn't like the Jason Kidd hiring. Just so much I don't love about that team. They're still probably going to make the playoffs, uh, but they could be in the play-ins easily this year. Um, so I, I definitely am worried about them. All right. Sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like, apologies. Trick-or-treating around <laughs> Dallas in my Jason Kidd costume. Ooh, I'm going to destroy your team chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on, we have two more voicemails. Let's move on to number six. 
Hi, my name is Max. I'm from Denton, Texas, and I'm a 49ers fan. And I'll tell you what, the biggest fear is I don't know if Kyle Shanahan can figure out the right offense to run with Trey Lance. Because every time uh, a game against Arizona, we started him, we ran QB power around five to six times, and almost every time it didn't work. And I just think that we're being a little too reckless with the person we're giving up our entire future for. Because, of course, this season we're doing bad. Um, we don't have a pick. So that's my fear, that Kyle Shanahan can't figure it out with Trey Lance. I just want to say I'm scared of something right now. The Packers are choking. I said that they took a double-digit lead. Uh, they ended up not scoring, turning the ball over in, on downs. It's and now the Cardinals are in field goal range with two minutes left. Not good. Yeah. So that's um, what I'm scared of. Yeah, that's Can you guys affirm my, my fears before we get to that one? Oh, I, I, I'm win? sure Kyler Murray is going to throw a pick here, so don't worry about it. Yes. Um, but, I don't know. The Cardinals have a lot of momentum right now. But as far as the 49ers go, man, I'm going to take this real quick because I said you know, earlier this year that Kyle Shanahan might be a fraud. There's a reason why he has a losing record as a head coach. Right, and you know you can chalk it up to a lot of different things, but he's had some talented players, and I sometimes I wonder if he just doesn't quite know what to do with them. Sometimes I wonder if he just like gets these super talented guys and just tries to be very I don't even know what the word it would be, but you know you talk about running QB power five or six times, I don't know, maybe to an extent. I just can't imagine you're like the supposedly the league's best or one of the league's best offensive minds. And you have a losing record as a head coach. That just doesn't add up to me. I don't have a problem with them running QB power. If I had Trey Lance and he's like six foot five and like built like Cam Newton and kind of is huge and runs real physical, I'd run QB power too, you know? Like that's just put, I think that's putting him, especially right now when he's only had a couple reps of college football mm-hmm. compared to other guys, you know, let him do what he's comfortable with, let him do what he's good at. And that's running a shit ton of QB power because that's what he did in college. So, Trey Lance running QB power is not what I'm concerned about with them. I don't think that that's bad play calling by Kyle Shanahan. And I don't think schematically Kyle Shanahan is bad at all because all the best coaches in the league, LaFleur, McVay, I mean, Zach Taylor uh, for the Bengals right now. I mean, McVay himself. Like, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. If you ask, if you ask Bengals fans how they feel about Zach Taylor, they are not happy. They're changing their mind. They didn't like him before, but I'm sure they're changing their mind. And Zach Taylor does some different stuff than you would see with the like the LaFleurs of the world. But that kind of tree that was in Washington, all those guys have branched out and found a lot of success in the league with kind of similar-esque systems to each other. It's not the system that Shanahan is running that that is a problem. I think it's very good. The problem with Shanahan is like, you draft Ayuk and you know, if he's not perfect or if there's some off the field stuff, he doesn't get any snaps. Like, is his leash that short? You know, is is Jimmy Garoppolo any better than he was the day he stepped off the plane of, for New, New England? Has he developed at all? Um, Coach Vass is a guy I love a lot. And he asked the question on Twitter today, has any Shanahan ever developed a quarterback? Even his dad is like, has anyone developed a quarterback? So it's like, I think more less the scheme is the problem with Kyle Shanahan and more the like handling of the personnel. And it's like, why is Ayuk not out there? That's, that's my main thing. It's like, why is Ayuk not out there? No, that's, that's a really good point. <clears throat> I'm currently looking up um, Kyle Shanahan's like past. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I just had to, I just had to double check that uh, 2012 Washington team. With RG3, offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't... I mean, he's gotten MVP seasons out of, you know, Matt Ryan. He got Jimmy Garoppolo to the Super Bowl. You know, he was the offensive coordinator during RG3's rookie year, when he won rookie of the year. It's not... he Again, his scheme is good. It's maybe, I think, maybe personality-wise, he's a little bit prickly... And the 49ers are kind of not p- fully maximizing their talent with benching Lance for Garoppolo or benching Ayuk for Sherfield or whatever is going on. So that's what you should be concerned about because that is maybe his big downfall is like ego. I just think the Trey Lance is really raw. 
and it's a little bit yeah. easier to get him to run. Um, there's probably some other things about Shanahan we could say, but um, it's like I said with the Lakers earlier. It's if you know if Trey Lance had come in and just been like really good right off the bat, it probably would have been like the most impressive thing that any rookie quarterback had ever done. He has like no experience, and he should be sitting yeah. for a year. Absolutely, uh, I don't. You know, I, I I used to be of the opinion not even that long ago that oh you need to play your guys uh, to get them better and there's some truth in that I don't think it's bad to play them but I think sitting a year might be better uh, for a guy who's played 13 FCS games you know so yeah. these are growing pains that were pretty pretty likely to happen with any quarterback ever no matter how talented you are um, and I think him running a lot is probably just a product of the fact that they don't trust him to throw the ball a ton yet. Yeah, and I honestly thought when I watched Trey Lance in in that Cardinals game, I didn't think he played that bad. Uh, I didn't think he played that bad at all. But again, they still put up what ten points. So like he he the offense either way has not been great with Lance or with Garoppolo. So I don't know what the deal with Shanahan is, but I I, I don't think that he's a bad coach schematically. But I do think I do question if he's a good coach. With his with the way he handles personnel, that's what my final question, my final answer. Would be. All right. Well, we have one more voicemail. Let's just let's hop right in. Hi, I'm Jack from Philadelphia, and what scares me the most about the 76ers is uh, one Glenn Doc Rivers and his god awful lineups. I once heard somebody say that Doc Rivers is the Mike McCarthy of the NBA, and I think that's disrespectful to Mike McCarthy. But uh, yeah, thank you. That's a uh... That's not a horrible take. That's a pretty good take. <laughs> Doc, I actually, I made a YouTube video a while ago. I don't know if it's still up um, about Doc Rivers and how uh, in most of the places he's been has underwhelmed. And so far in Philadelphia, that has not been anything but true. I don't think he's like the worst coach ever. Uh, and I do think some things are out of his control, like Ben Simmons, um, just losing all confidence and refusing to shoot. I don't know what the hell you're going to do about that. Um, but yeah, I think he has a lot of questionable lineups. Um, I, I think he could have won more with the Celtics. I think he could have won more with the Clippers. And right now I'm feeling like he could have won more with the 76ers. I think the Mike McCarthy comparison is fair. Honestly, Mike McCarthy won one ring pretty early on um, with a pretty stacked team. Rogers, Charles Woodson, uh, Tremont Williams, Clay Matthews, just stacked roster there. Jordy, Greg Jennings, like Donald Driver, Jermichael Fitt, or he was hurt that year, but a lot of good stuff around him. Doc Rivers won on a Celtics team that had KG, Pierce, you know, Rondo, I think was there, Ray Allen, stacked team, win one early, and they kind of rode that high for a long time. And they were always competitive and they were always kind of at the end. But man, with McCarthy, so many just brutal playoff losses, so many losses that are just rip your heart out type of losses in the playoffs with a quarterback and a team that should have won more than just one ring. And when you look at Doc Rivers, you'll get his, some of his playoff just choked leads, choked series leads, game leads, just mismanaged. Um, I think the Clippers game, he said that he wasn't really a rah-rah guy, I think was a quote that he used at the end of the Clippers series when they blew the 3-1 lead. And it's like, well, your guys kind of could have used a rah-rah speed. Like, you got to give them what they need here. <laughs> they, and they, they, just, needed like, the momentum, they needed some momentum, man. They needed some momentum. And McCarthy kind of also reminds he's not exactly a rah-rah guy either. McCarthy, or Rogers allegedly called him the lowest IQ coach he's ever been around. And I, so I feel like both of them kind of uh, have been uh, carried a little bit. McCarthy I mean, by even, Rogers and now Dak. I think also a lot of it, you look at Boston, you say, man, how much how much of that was Thibodeau um, and what he did defensively for True. that team? How much of it was just having a stacked roster? And even even in the year where he won Coach of the Year, I don't think he even made the playoffs. Uh, it was just a, a very tough team that kind of pulled it together and, and went 500. Uh, it's not saying he hasn't accomplished things in his career, but his track record... Uh, with the three and one playoff uh, losses that he's had, and uh, you know, not winning more championships with the Celtics and Clippers, and now Seventy Sixers, it's not great. Nope. And Rivers, you say the Ben Simmons thing wasn't his fault. He didn't exactly say glowing things about Simmons after That's that loss. That's also true. Like, 
Like, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have said those things or those things weren't true. But if I was Simmons and, you know, you're coming off this tough loss and you you hear what your coach said about you right after the game, he didn't exactly do a wonderful job preventing it either. It may not have been his fault, but, like, even then it was like, I don't know if he really made an atmosphere that, that Simmons felt great coming back to. And Simmons still isn't back, although apparently he was at shoot-arounds today. But yeah, I think that Doc Rivers is kind of a fraud. I I, I, I would not trust him if he was my coach. The same way I, w- I, wouldn't, I didn't trust McCarthy at the end of the Packers. Rounds. I would even say at this point that Doc Rivers wouldn't be considered a fraud uh, just because I think people are hip to him. Like I think people get it now. Um, it's It's... It's been going on for too long. He's got to pull a season where it's not about him winning a championship. It's about beating expectations. He doesn't beat expectations. I can forgive not winning a championship depending on who you're coaching, but um, always doing worse than you expect. Like the 76ers should have beaten Atlanta. They could have won that series and they didn't. And there's too many series where you look at Doc and you're like, they should have won that series. Like um, Clippers Nuggets. Not trying to discredit yep. the Nuggets or the Hawks. The Clippers should have won that series. They were supposed to be in the Western Conference Finals, and they weren't. So stuff like that consistently um, definitely makes you fraud, a fraudulent. <laughs> okay, well, I guess uh, I, I don't know enough about Doc Rivers, but it sounds like we're affirming, we're affirming fears here. Uh, Matt, you said yeah. that uh, he's not the worst coach ever. It's a pretty, a pretty high standard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> the bar is literally no, no, in hell, not. man. I wonder if he'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, if he'll get inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame with a Coach of the Year award and a ring, and probably up there on the career wins list. I wonder if he'll I don't know how that works because he uh, he's also a player. He has an All Star. Yeah, and since it's just straight basketball, does that? I mean, I wonder where he is on the all times wins list for coaches. He's got to be. I mean, not that low. And if he That'd be coaching, hilarious he could, if he goes into the Hall of Fame and, like, of all the teams he's coached, like, one might like him. <laughs> and yeah. even they, I don't even know if Celtics fans would absolutely love the guy. It's tough. Well, that wraps up our voicemail segment. I figure we can, you know, we don't want to spend too much time because we're, we're kind of, we spend a lot more time on that voicemail segment than I think uh, we anticipated. But yeah, I think we can hop into a little bit of Week 8 preview you know, Theo's lock on the Green Bay Packers uh, just just fell through, or against Let's the Green go. Bay Packers. The Packers won against the Screw Cardinals. Screw the locks. And, and I, told, I told you they would get a game-winning interception, and they did. Um, you did say that. Good they call. They did. Uh, so you're welcome. But Matt and I, our locks are still alive. You know, and Theo, you, know, you picked the, the same, same locks ones, as don't us. We? You just happened to add... A couple other dumb ones. I added two extra. You know? <laughs> I added I added the Packers one because if the Packers were to lose to the Cardinals, I wanted a little bit of good news. Yeah. And that would have been my loss. That, would have been and that is a solid strategy. and I yep. live and die by that strategy yep. where it's like I do not care about the locks when the Packers have a huge win on the road yeah, in prime time with a decimated you're team. You're either right or you're happy. My I lock get falls it. through. Either I'm right or I'm happy. And I'm very happy. I'm I'm thinking of Doug, I'm thinking of Bob Dylan lyrics for this my Rasul Douglas song that I'll compose <laughs> and, uh, and uh, go on tour and, and sing his praises all over the world. Make millions of dollars. He deserves it after clinching that game. Oh my lord! The Cardinals had all the momentum. I don't know what happened. This is so sad. I cannot believe it. Uh, go Petco. <laughs> well, anyway, looking at our other locks, you know we have the Bills over the Dolphins. Which I don't think would mm-hmm. come as a surprise to anyone because these are locks. They should be obvious, right? Um, and there's you know some obvi- there's some trade talks around Tua, and then Tua. There's a quote that says, uh, "What did he say? I don't feel not wanted. Like <laughs> I don't not feel wanted. <laughs> like I don't know how to take that, man. Like." It's it's never good when you're saying that type of stuff. It's like, like you're conference. dancing Just, around double negative type stuff. Like, come on, man. We know what's going on. Um, I don't know. The Bills are just better. Even if we weren't talking about, like, to a trade talk, even if they weren't, you know, having this quarterback issue, they're just not good enough. Their O-line's terrible. They're 14-point favorites. That's nuts. Yeah. What happened to the Dolphins? Not I mean, it's crazy. Cr- are they the most disappointing team of the year? I'm, Here, I guess here's the Chiefs, here's my but. thought on the Dolphins. I was thinking about this last night. 
Um, because my whole theory on why Cliff Kingsbury was going to be a good coach this year is because I was like, you know, give him a full offseason with this roster. He's going to get them right. And he did. Maybe the Dolphins benefited from having that no offseason. And they were able to just like run a bunch of like crazy blitzes at people. And they were able to have a ton of success with it. And now that people have had a full offseason to like game plan against them, there's just like nothing there for them. Maybe that could be. They're also just boring on offense, which we've been over before. <laughs> the RPO, 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 RPO. Yeah. Go away. I don't want to see the Dolphins anymore. Let's talk about another team. <laughs> <I don't want laughs> There's actually a lot of good games this week. Yeah. This is a nice palate cleanser. We were talking about how week. the Lions Char- could beat the Eagles this week. That's like a reasonable shot. That game should be close. Like when we were doing locks, it was pretty tough, which is why I probably shouldn't have gone with five, but. I mean, Vikings-Cowboys, that could be a good game. I think the Cowboys will win that game, but the line is close there. You know, Saints-Buccaneers is an interesting rematch. The Saints dominated that in the regular season last year. I think Chargers-Patriots will be close. Uh, I think Browns-Steelers should be an interesting game for sure. Colts-Titans. Browns-Steelers is a big one. I'm scared, I can't lie. That is a big one. Because the Browns have been letting, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I've gotten all my Browns talk out. I was on a Browns podcast on Tuesday. So, like, I got to talk about Browns for, like, 40 minutes straight. But all I'm going to say is the Browns defense has let up a lot of big plays this year. And Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are very, very good receivers. It scares me a little bit. And the Steelers' defense ate Baker Mayfield's lunch in the regular season yeah. last year. They, they beat him up. Yeah. Just destroyed the Browns they last year. Uh, they, they Baker Mayfield does not have a great track record of success against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so um, definitely a matchup that could go either way, in my opinion. Even though I think the Browns have a little bit more talent, and he's not a hundred percent still. So I very, very, I would, I, I would think, like to see the Browns be more reserved offensively. I don't want us to try anything crazy. Well, is is uh, Chubb and I mean it doesn't even really yeah. matter because because the O line is so, so good. good. Uh, and uh, Dearness Johnson and the running back and Demetric Felton's really good too and our O-line's just nuts so yeah yeah, it'll be interesting and you know Odell is banged up again and and struggling a little bit this season as well so the wide receivers are kind of depleted Um, quarterback is depleted against a team that's had a lot of recent success against the Browns I might pick the Steelers in this game. Oh, I, might, I might hit on the Browns a little bit. Come on, Theo. <laughs> You're already on my bad side Sorry. today. Come on. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> That'd be brutal. They'd be 4-4 four and four and last in the division. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that it. That would be a brutal loss. Ben's not the greatest guy to take deep shots down the field either, but he did do it a little bit in that Broncos game a couple yeah. weeks ago. So it's not like you can't totally disregard it. So, I don't know. It should be a good game. I'm interested to watch that one. That one's got big playoff implications yeah. as we approach the I'm always interested to watch season. the Browns. For sure. And Chargers-Patriot. I, I think the Patriots win this game. I mean, the the it's ridiculous how bad that Chargers run defense is. But is the Patriots run game really all that good right now? It's about middle of the pack, but I think Belichick will be able... Like, I think they will be able to conjure up a good running game if they need to. You know, I feel like they that's kind of what they want to do. And against a team that's going to let them do it, I think that for a game, they'll be able to really have a high-level rushing Maybe. attack. I mean, they ran all over the Jets in the last game. And I get the Jets aren't that good, but the Chargers run defense is worse. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a bit kind of a dominating ground game on the ground for them. And obviously, a good game on the ground usually doesn't beat a team who has a good game in the air. So Justin Herbert could definitely ruin that. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, be, uh, if Herbert just decides, eh, I'm going to throw for five touchdowns today. What are you doing? Like nothing. You're losing. <laughs> exactly. Like but, you have no choice. But like five touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. Okay, but like <laughs> you know? even even if he threw for like three, like at that point, I'm still like, okay, yeah, they probably win this game. Yeah. It'll come down to to, to, to um, how many you know, Herbert getting right. Score? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, unless unless you know Mac Jones puts together like a great performance, which you know, I think I like the Chargers in this one. Still, I'm still a little nervous about trusting the Patriots after I picked them to make the playoffs, and uh, <laughs> they're sitting at three and four. 
hey, once if they win this game, four and four in a pretty like that uh that seven seed in the AFC is still very much in play. You know, they, I they picked the Browns game. to win the Super Bowl and they're four and three right now. So how do you think yes. I'm feeling? You know, another game. Fine. I think you still feel very confident in the Browns. I think. You yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. How okay. do you feel if you could take that back? Would you? No. This is the one year. I said this <laughs> yeah. before. This is the one year where I am like reasonable and at least like it's like okay, I could see how you came to that conclusion. This is like the first year where you could reasonably pick them to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and so I took that opportunity. And also, Titans Colts. The Colts are favored. By a point and a half, really? at least the one by yeah. I, my well, odds I see against the two Titans, and a half. which I favored by two and a half. Yeah, that's even more. Yeah, that's strange to me that the Colts are favored by two and a half points. Very strange. I think I will bet on it. Is it? I mean, Carson Wentz has eleven touchdowns and one pick. Yeah. Tannehill yeah. has seven touchdowns, five picks, and I hate to go off like touchdown interception ratio, but like it's a pretty big gap when we're talking about like Tannehill and Carson Wentz. Yeah, but I mean, Tannehill was b- 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 balling with three Bs against the Chiefs. Some of yeah. those shots up the sideline to AJ Brown were just absolute dimes, and that was a game where Henry was not really getting it done on the on the ground. Yeah, no, I think he had like forty yards uh, or something. Yeah, so I, Tannehill outplaying Wentz is not, in my opinion, a, a huge stretch. Who's- Okay, and he may not well, even Would you rather to, have you know? the Colts defense or the Chiefs defense? I would yeah. rather have the Colts defense. So it's but like I, balling I, against the Chiefs defense, like I'm not really all that impressed. Well, you know who is? You know who is on that uh that Colts secondary? Your favorite. Sendejo. Sendejo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not unreasonable to think that they could Apparently, get a couple no, no, past no, no. Him. A Colts fan like reached out to me on Twitter. He was like, "Nah, Sendejo's been like low-key balling this year." He's not a hor- he hasn't been a horrible safety his whole career like he was with the Browns. No, I, I really think it was partially like the position they put him in. What Sandeo has always done, and what I hate about Sandeo is that guy is just a headhunter. He makes so many reckless and dangerous plays, and oftentimes he'll hit his own guy in the process. Viking fans listen to him out. Nah, nah, he did that in the Cowboys game. Browns played yeah, the Cowboys. He does it all the time. And um Sandejo comes down. I think it was Amari Cooper was running like a seam route. And he like, I think it was Denzel Ward on him. And Sandejo just like tackles Denzel Ward. And Amari Cooper scores a Let touchdown. The, yeah, he does it all the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I was, I was yelling the, at my team. That's the Sandejo special so is mad. like giving your own guy CTO. CTO. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting game. It'll be a big test for the Colts front seven, which is okay. I, th- I think it'll be a good game. I just would bet maybe on the Titans is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it's hard to bet against Derrick Henry um, and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, like that whole. And a team that just steamrolled the Chiefs, just absolutely steamrolled is, them. You and, know, you have, you have a lot of faith know, in the Chiefs, man. You lock the Chiefs this week, and I just can't get behind it. I really can't. I eventually the, the things will start falling their way. I guess, but I, I, I'm not going to pick them. I'm not going to pick them to be a lock or like treat them like they're still the team that was just in the Super Bowl when they're clearly not playing at that level. No, they're not playing at that level. But, you know, or going back to Titans, they just crushed the Chiefs team and Mahomes was big game hunting. That's that was his big problem. He was trying to make plays happen down the field that weren't supposed to be there. Something that Carson Wentz maybe tends to do as well. So I think they can maybe just kind of implement a lot of similar things that okay. I guess, I uh, guess that's fair. And, and Taylor and Hines are both questionable anyway. That's fair. Moving on to the chiefs. Um, yes, not, not a great game from Mahomes. One of probably two truly bad games in the history of his career. <laughs> like let's be real yeah. here. Uh, chiefs top five in every offensive statistic. I think still uh, yeah. yards per drive points per drive dead last in turnovers per drive. And Bladen, you know about regression. Like one of these games, and it's not even one of these games. Like Mahomes has been playing well in multiple games this season. But one of these games, they're just not going to turn the football over as much. It's just going to happen. It's not going to be, you know, multiple turnovers every single game. But Okay, but here's the thing is I'm not just going to keep like predicting it to happen. Right? I know at some point it will happen, but I'm not just going to be like, well, I think I've only locked the Chiefs – 
one time this year, and I think it was against Washington, and they won that game 31 to 13. It's not like I'm locking them against Baltimore. Yeah. It's not like I'm locking them against, you know, Tennessee last week. It's, I'm locking them against New York. But like when I think a lock, I think like this is a guaranteed win. There is no way in hell. Again, we've we've talked about what locks are, right? There's no way in hell this team loses, right? And I just look at the Chiefs and the, the way they're playing. It's like if Patrick Mahomes just like doesn't play up to par, if Tyreek Hill just doesn't, if their defense, which is ranked last in pretty much every statistical category, if they just have a master class, like an inverted master class performance. Like there's just so- how about this play? The the spread to the Giants Chiefs game is ten and a half points. I, I see it. I will bet make a bet with you personally. Would you think the Giants will cover the spread of ten and a half points? Twenty dollars. Do I think? Come, come on, we can't do this whole segment where you're like, ah, you shouldn't trust the Chiefs, and be like, yeah, but I don't, I don't want to bet against them. You know, okay, okay, yeah, yes, I'll, okay, I'll make that bet with you, Theo. I'll make that bet with you. You'll make the bet. Okay, yeah. so the, the, if Giants, the Giants cover. Okay, hold on, hold on. Well, the spread I see on ESPN is nine and a half. Do you want to go with the nine and a half or the ten and a half? Nine and a half. <laughs> if, yeah, nine. And right. half. Let's do nine and a half. Right, okay, let's do nine and so half. nine and a half point spread. I think the Chiefs will cover the spread, and I think that they will kind of get right in this game. I think it will Chief, happen against the, the Chiefs. Chiefs win by 10. You got nobody to blame but yourself, Bladen. Yes. Uh, you know, and that's fine. But like, again, it's, yes. it's not about like, it's not that I'm like, oh, I'm out on the Chiefs. It's just, I don't, I'm not going to trust to lock them until they've proven to me that they can play at that level again. I, I agree that it was a riskier lock, but also, I mean, I've been I've been kind of picking some risky locks this year and trying to get some steal some points where I yeah, can. I know. And I feel like if everyone is going to be out on the Chiefs versus the Giants, to me, that seems like some pretty good value. To I mean, I did that once. I, I picked six teams one week, so I can't be told, I can't be totally and mad at you for it. The Chiefs burned you, so yeah, <laughs> I get it. But <laughs> I just thought that the Chiefs game, the Packers game, was a reverse jinx. The Chiefs game is where I think I can steal a point. Uh, it doesn't matter anymore because yeah. I'm not getting any points for the locks this week. But, but that's that's where you thought. I think you the could Chiefs will get right. One. I think the Chiefs are too good. Mahomes doesn't need to be fixed. He doesn't need to fix his play yeah, style. It's not. He's been the best quarterback. He's had like the highest peak in the history of quarterback play. Ever. Playing like this, one bad game does not mean Mahomes needs to fix his play style. He doesn't need to. He's still Mahomes. He's still playing like like a top five quarterback even statistically this year so i think that people are overreacting and i'm kind of zigging when others are zagging and trying to steal some I'm, I'm just not i just having i'm just not going to go in either direction right i'm not going to overread and be like oh the chiefs are screwed right the, you know i agree that patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in football i'm just not going to sit here and lock them <laughs> when they're clearly not playing well um another game that we have that's locked fair. and uh interesting one Bengals. I would not expect to, at this point in the season, to be locking the Cincinnati Bengals. And I get it's the Jets, but like, I think we kind of all expected the Bengals to not be five and two right now. No, we did not. Uh, but I mean, it's Mike White. They're playing right. Like, <laughs> if they can beat the if they can beat the Ravens by that much, like they're, they, no, they're putting. I would bet. If Washington was playing the Jets right now, I'd consider locking Washington. Like, yeah, yeah. No, Mike White the, is the Jets suck Mike ass White. Right now. <laughs> Mike White is an N- Mike White is an NPC at quarterback. That is like you go into Madden. <laughs> really, you go into Madden. You like scroll Stop. down to the Stop. very bottom of the Come list, on. and it's just like randomly generated names. It's Mike White. Dude. What's your problem with Mike White, dude? <laughs> I'm just saying no, because you tweeted about this on your timeline. I did because it, now you're saying it here. He's an NPC. Why? Why are we? You're, you're his biggest hater. I'm not a hater, but dude's an NPC. Like, can you think of like a more basic name like John Smith? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm leaning Bengals here. Uh, I don't really have a lot to tell you all about this one. I don't think the Jets are as good as the Bengals, and the Jets are like, what, 14-point dogs for a reason? All right. Uh, do you guys want to hit on the NBA? Is there anything that you guys want to dribble about? I want to, t- 
I want to talk a little bit about the Clippers. Um, Clippers are what one in three, one in four, something like that through a week in the season. And I'm telling you, it's it's Paul George surrounded by mid uh, skyline <laughs> chili mid. Your Cincinnati Reds, who haven't won the a World Series since 1990. That's what I it. look at when I look at a, <laughs> every single person who lives here is <laughs> Zubach. <laughs> like it's 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 not great around Paul George right now, and it's like is Ty Lue really the type of coach that's going to elevate a, a mid roster? I don't know. He's kind of a motivator for a really good one. That he's the kind of coach that they needed when they were up three one, maybe with. Leonard and and uh, Paul George and he just needed to clap and yell and be like let's get things going guys now it's like I don't know if they quite have the roster or coaching staff to really carry them well Kawhi's out and uh, I'm a coward for even putting them as the eight seed it should have been the Timberwolves and had the Clippers out of there that would have been a more impressive take by me and I was this close to doing it and I didn't I feel bad because they've gotten off to a bad start and I think I'm right yeah yeah I mean I'm not 100% sure when Kawhi is supposed to come back, but uh, when a team loses their best player, they get way worse. Way worse, <laughs> especially when that best player Believe is it or not. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, um, I, I think that's true for most teams, too. I mean, how many teams could you take the best player off them and they're not you know, dropping even close to out of the playoffs? I mean, it'd be, it'd be a lot of them. It would be more than you expect. Uh, yeah. And I think we were probably a little bit... I think we're probably a little bit, I don't know, I guess um, we were too confident in the Clippers without Kawhi. Uh, and, and really, uh, there's a lot of Western Conference teams who were good last year, who I'm worried about this year. And I expect some of these teams, like you had Memphis doing really well before the year, that's a really good take. Um, defensively, they're nice, and John Moran has like, figured out he's hitting his shots right now. I don't know if it's just a hot streak, but if this is what we're getting out of John Moran all year, Six seed was too low, yeah. um, and, and the Timberwolves have looked really nice too. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a known not Timberwolves fan, but even I like them this year. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards is um, special. Yeah, he's good. Baller. He's legit. Um, um, I, I've been really glad recently. Uh, him and Lamelo have both been balling out, and I haven't heard the comparisons as much as you hear with like Luca and Trey. And I, I'm glad that's the case because. Uh, both of them are, have been insane. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see what some of these other Western Conference teams do. And I think the seeding is going to be a little bit different than everyone expected, including myself. I, we were all too too, uh, too confident in every team just doing as well as we thought they were going to do and it's all going to be Yeah, insane. I definitely needed to change my Western Conference predictions up a little bit more. Uh, I will say the Suns are one of the teams where I'm, I'm concerned about. They cannot uh, the Suns buy. got The Suns they, got Darren Foxed. They didn't. They got Harrison Barnes. Is what they got. And Harrison Barnes is like ridiculous so far this season. What is he's averaging like twenty eight points a game, like twelve rebounds and like four assists. Like if the season ended right now, he'd be like an MVP candidate. It's hilarious. Just drained a game winning buzzer beater contested shot to beat us. Suns dropped to one and three, and it's like they they look like me shooting threes out there, man. I don't. I bet you not a single player on that team is. I haven't checked the stats, but if one player on that team is shooting above 25%, it would shock me. It would shock me. Chris Paul. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody is not from three. I, I promise Cam Johnson on the season or is, for that game? Has, has not like made one this year. He hasn't like even made one, I think, it, or at least when I've been watching Jay Crowder is like four of, of 26 from three or something. Booker is shooting horribly from three. Chris Paul went one for 10 last night. I mean, the three-point shooting has been as atrocious as I've ever seen from an NBA team in a four-game stretch. Devin Booker is currently 33, is shooting 33% from three. Okay, he must be like two for six or something. He must be like, what is he? He he has uh, not hit more than... 33 for 81. Or that's from the field. Eight for 24, my bad. From three, yes. yeah. Eight so for eight from two, eight for twenty four through four games is is not ideal, and he's she's shooting pretty bad in general. Shooting is something that it's like okay, if you're a bad shooting team, eventually you're not going to be that horrible. But man, they've been they've been really tough to watch on offense because it's just jump shots missing. And it's, DeAndre Ayton was was historically good in that first half against the Kings. 
one shot in the second half. Like, what is that? Well, you know, when you are coming off the longest season of any team and the shortest off season of any team, I think being cold to start the year is uh, not super, super unexpected. I think the Suns are proven in my eyes to an extent. Um, so I'm not worried yet. I mean, they're one game winner away from being two and two. And it's like, okay, we lost a couple. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say I'm all right with them. I, I think they'll be all right. You know, you shoot 25% from three in a game. You're like, well, make my threes more and we'll win. True. I had them as a two seed this year. I'm just saying like they might be significantly lower than that. I don't think they're a top two team in the West, even even with the returning roster. And it's just they have not inspired a ton of confidence in me. And when you lose, it's like, yeah, it was just a really special season last year. And it's tough to to repeat that when you don't really have a top 10 player on the roster. It's just Here, here's what I'm going to say. You know, I know I'm not the big basketball guy here, but uh, we're four games into an 82-game season. Yep. Maybe, maybe we, like, slow the roll on, like, backtracking on takes that you made in preseason when we're not even, like, 10% through, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the season. That <laughs> it's fair. But we got to say something. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a point in time last year where people were calling Curry a fraud because he was shooting bad early in the season. So did if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. Yeah, there's there's some, like, Dame shooting poorly through four games is, like, to me, totally fluky, especially when he played well last game. Um, he had a rough, like, what, two game, three games. I yeah, I said this. Right last game. I said this on my uh, on my TikTok. I'm willing to bet you that Dame doesn't shoot eight percent from three for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's it's like the same thing with like in the NFL. Like after one game, people are like, "Oh, you know, X Y Z." Like last year was when the Buccaneers got destroyed in Week One, right? And, everyone, mm-hmm. and even like I was like a Buccaneers hater at that point, right? And I was like, ah, see, the Buccaneers aren't any good, right? But it's like you're not even 10% through the season and we're going to start talking like the season's like halfway done. Right. So NBA, not too much to report on, but I just want to call the Clippers. I, I was low on them before the season and I should have been lower. That's my main take. And we can't talk about the Lakers for a month. We already we already said we wouldn't talk about the Lakers. Yeah, for no a more Lakers. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll reassess the Lakers in a little bit. We can't, every single game, we can't be like, have the Lakers figured it out yet? The Lakers, no. The Lakers figured it out yet. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm totally, totally out on the Clippers yet, I will say. Okay. We want to see if they can turn it around a little bit. And George did have a bad game. Yeah, um, he only had 12 points. But I, I definitely am worried about them being worse than I thought. All right. Well, does that wrap things up for the spooky, scary Halloween episode? I, I feel like I feel like I should have been prepared to like play a song. I'm dressed as Jimi Hendrix, and I like I'm not prepared to play anything. So I'm like I'm sorry. Good job. I'll, I'll serenade you with my harmonica. <laughs> I can end with a Rasul Douglas song. We, we can end song, with a, a Rasul Douglas song. Um, <laughs> but before we do get out, make sure you guys call him for the Stay Hot shout out on Sunday. 15 to 20 seconds, you know, rant about your favorite team, good or bad, you know, whatever you want to go for. Just 15 to 20 seconds. If you go for 20 seconds, we're going to cut you off. That's, that's your only rule. Um, but yeah. I think that does wrap things up for us. As always, tons and tons of content coming your way on all platforms. Make sure you tune in for Monday's episode where we recap NFL Week 8. And, you know, until next time, from Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan, and the Pope, we will catch you on the flippity-flop. Flippity-flop.